Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, I'm bringing you guys my NFC breakout players video. I already talked about the AFC players in a previous video, so you guys can go ahead and check that out on my YouTube channel. But we're going to be talking NFC breakout players in this video from each and every single team in the NFC. So if you guys end up enjoying this video, please make sure to click that subscribe button down below. It's free, and I'm going to help you guys win your fantasy football championship. I produce videos every single day, and we just recently hit my goal of 4,000 subscribers. I really want to thank all of you guys who have joined recently and who have been here the whole entire journey. It really does mean a lot. Let's get right into it. NFC breakout players. So the first division we're talking about here is the NFC East, the New York football Giants, the Dallas Cowboys, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Washington Redskins. So let's get right into it. The first team here is the New York football Giants, and this was a very easy choice for me, and that's Darius Slayton, wide receiver, of the New York Football Giants. He finishes wide receiver number 37 in 2019 in 14 games. 12.1 PPR points per game, 83 targets, which is almost 6 per game, 48 receptions, 3.4 per game, 740 receiving yards, 52.9 per game, 8 total touchdowns, 8 that wide receiver, and a 16.60% target share in that offense. I think him and Daniel Jones are on the same page mentally. I think that Darius Slayton is Daniel Jones' favorite wide receiver. Darius Slayton bursts down the field and will get wide open for Daniel Jones to just heave the ball to him, drop it in the bed basket, Boom, Darius Slayton catches it, and he's gone. Who are the wide receivers around Darius Slayton? A bunch of guys who tend to get hurt. Sterling Shepard, also injury-prone. Golden Tate, a bunch of guys. Evan Ingram, their tight end, could not finish the season if you paid him. So Darius Slayton is going to be potentially the number one target for Daniel Jones this year. His numbers last year as a rookie showed me that he's a very talented wide receiver, and I wouldn't be surprised if his target total was above 100, closer to 110 or 115. I think he's a guy that is going to score those touchdowns because he's open deep down the field, and he just wants it, walks right into the end zone. And a bonus for him is the Giants' defense is butt cheeks. They're going to be getting clapped. They're going to be getting finished on like they were Lana Rhodes's face. The Giants are going to be down in games. And what does being down in games? It means that they're going to have to pass the ball. Darius Slayton is going to be getting more opportunities to catch the ball, even though the Giants are making right moves on defense to try to get better. They're just not there yet. It'll take a couple more years, but I think that Daniel Jones is going to be good, which would also mean that Darius Slayton, by terms, being his number one target in my head, will make him better. Next team to look at here is the Dallas Cowboys. And to me, the breakout here is an easy call, but I don't necessarily think he's going to have the biggest breakout. I don't think he's going to be above a thousand yards like many people perceive he will be, but that's C.D. Lamb wide receiver out of Oklahoma. Now his college stats in 2019 were very good. 13 games, 62 receptions on 94 targets, 1,300 plus receiving yards, 21.4 yards per reception. So he's deep down the field catching the ball, 14 tutties, 24.70% target share in that offense at a 66% catch rate. Now a bonus for C.D. Lamb is Amari Cooper's he just gets he just has a good game then he's a bad game he'll go good then bad good then bad good then bad it's like Matt Ryan how he has a good year and then he has a great year it's just like that for Amari Cooper so in those games where Amari Cooper disappears you throw CD Lamb in he's gonna tear it up this offense is going to be passing the ball heavily Mike McCarthy the new coach of the Cincinnati or not of the Cincinnati Bengals of the Dallas Cowboys after the canned clapper man Jason Garrett is going to be a pass heavy coach he was when he was in Green Bay and that's why we see now Mr. Matt LaFleur being 
a run-heavy coach for the Aaron Rodgers-led Green Bay Packers. So I think that with a pass-heavy team with a quarterback who finished top two in fantasy production last season, I see no reason why C.D. Lamb can't have a breakout year. I'm not going to predict 1,000 yards like some people will. I think maybe a safe 750. He'll be a good flex wide receiver. I don't think he's going to potentially be the number one guy on that team like he will be in the future. But if Amari Cooper goes down, C.D. Lamb could legitimately be a top 12 wide receiver in fantasy football this season. So the next team to talk about here is the Philadelphia Eagles. And this one, yet again, is an easy call. This player has me topsy-turvy, has me as confused as it gets, not because of his talent, but because of the situation around him. And that is Miles Sanders. Now, right now, as I record this video, you guys are watching this a day or two later. Miles Sanders is really the only option on that offense. Boston Scott is still there, but Miles Sanders is the head honcho in that offense. If they bring in Devontae Freeman, slightly worried, but I'm not as worried because they didn't get Carlos Hyde because Devontae Freeman will just end up getting hurt. Now, Miles Sanders last season finishes RB15, 13.5 PPR points per game in 16 games, but he really only did it down the stretch after all the other guys around him got hurt. That's my worry. Doug Peterson is a guy that loves that running back by committee system, but I don't think he's going to abide by that if it's just Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. 179 touches last year, 818 rushing yards, 63 targets, 50 receptions, 500-plus receiving yards, 36-plus red zone touches, and 6 total touchdowns. You get 36 red zone touches that the touchdown total is going to go up, especially if the Eagles offense looks better because at the end of the year, he was really the only fucking wide receiver on the team besides Zach Ertz and he's a running back. So I think that he has a good year. I think that the safety with him comes in the receiving game. 63 targets is very high. I think that could even go up even more to 80 plus if they bring in a big bruiser type back to be behind him. And if it's just Boston Scott, Scott will get some passing work, but Miles Sanders can be the lead guy on that team. Carson Wentz clearly developed a connection with him. If he played the whole season, he would have been probably an easily in a thousand yard rusher and probably maybe a six, 700 yard receiver. So I think he has a great year. Just temper your expectations if they sign someone else. So the next guy here on the list is the Washington Redskins, Darius Geis. Now, Darius Geis has a bunch of question marks because I I, I really temper your expectations on Darius Geis because this guy is as injury-prone as it gets. He has played five games last year, and he played no games last season, or not the season before his rookie year, because of injuries. But when he's on the field, the guy's a goddamn beast. 11.5 PPR points per game, 42 carries, 245 rushing yards, 10 targets, 7 receptions, 245 rushing yards. Now, the worry, though, is he's not really the only option in Washington. They still have Adrian Peterson, who's somehow always going to rush for a 1,000 yards. They bring in another running back. It's very confusing. If Darius Geis is healthy... He will be good for fantasy. He will eat in fantasy. He could even be great. He could be an RB1. I just don't believe in the health, but I think he has a breakout year as long as he could potentially stay healthy. So next division here, we got the NFC North, the Detroit Lions, the Minnesota Vikings, the Chicago Bears, and the team I talked about before, the Green Bay Packers. So let's get right into the NFC North. If you guys have enjoyed thus far, please click that subscribe button. So with the Bears, my breakout candidate is Anthony Miller. Now this team was kind of tough because I think David 
David Montgomery had a great season last year, and I think he could even further build upon it. But I want to call out a guy that I haven't talked about as much, and that's Anthony Miller. I honestly believe with big dick Nick Foles becoming the starting quarterback, the team is just going to look so much better. You saw what happened with the Philadelphia Eagles. Wentz goes down, they light up shrines for big dick Nick Foles. Nick Foles is going to be a good quarterback for the Bears, better than Trubisky. He's going to be the starter, and he's going to pass the ball to Anthony fucking Miller. Anthony Miller last season, 8 PPR points per game down the stretch, was a very solid wide receiver, but disappointed in championship games where we thought he'd be good and he played like shit. 85 targets, 5.3 per game, 52 receptions, eight or 3.2 per game. I think the reception total easily goes up because you're getting the ball thrown closer to you. With Nick Foles, 656 receiving yards, 41.0 per game, and two total touchdowns. I think he really breaks out this year. I think there's potential, maybe not 1,000 yards for him, but probably around 100 targets, 60, 75 or maybe not 75 receptions, but 65 receptions. I think he has a bounce-back year. I also think David Montgomery's a breakout candidate for the Bears, but I think that's so obvious that I wanted to give you guys more of the sleeper in Anthony Miller. So the next team here is the Detroit Lions. They don't really have anyone that I think could I even have a breakout year. I don't think that Swift's going to break out with the Lions this year. I don't think Carrion's going to really do anything because they're going to run that running back by committee system that I talk about that was so dreadful for the Eagles. Tight end, TJ Hawkin God is what I called him last season because this guy had one great game. He was the fantasy panty dropper of last season. He looked like he was going to be excellent. And then he just continued to shit the bed. He got hurt. He'll be healthy this year. And Matt Stafford will be the quarterback for the whole season, hopefully. Half his games were with fucking Drew Blau. Or not, I, maybe that's his name. It's something, something Blau. Just can't hold Matt Stafford's jockstrap. So if Stafford's healthy, I like Hawkinson. Hawkinson is a very talented tight end coming out of college. Was drafted highly and got some work. 59 targets, 32 receptions, two hundred and eight or 387 receiving yards, and two total touchdowns. Now this year will be his breakout year. But I think the next year, he will do even better. If Stafford plays healthy, I think this Lions team could be sneaky good because Matt Stafford was balling out of control at the beginning of last season. Before he ended up getting hurt, I think it was week eight or week nine, Stafford was looking like he could be the NFL MVP. He was on a amazing pace. He was on his career pace to be the best Matt Stafford we've ever seen. And if his back just can work, TJ Hawkinson will be a top 10 tight end. The only worry, though, is that his back is fucked up and that may not happen, but I think TJ Hawkinson sees a breakout year in 2020. Next guy here is the Packers, and this guy is everyone's Packers breakout, Alan Lazard, wide receiver. Now, the worry with Alan Lazard, we drank the Kool-Aid last year on MVS and Geronimo Allison. Now, Geronimo Allison is gone. He's a Detroit Lions wide receiver now, and MVS is still there. Lazard clearly emerged as the wide receiver, too. But do I want the wide receiver, too, on Green Bay when they're going to run the ball a lot and just pass the ball to Devontae Adams? Probably not. I think he has a much better season than last year, so I'm going to categorize him as a breakout, but I think he's really going to be disappointing all these people who are calling for him late in drafts, jerking off to the fact that he lands on your mock roster. You're going to be very, very, very disappointed when it comes to the end of season with Alan Lazard because he's not going to get a 1,000 yards like you think he will. Probably around 750 to me. I just don't see him as that guy, but going from 400 to 750 is very good, and I would consider that to be the breakout when there's no other options on Green Bay. 
today. 11 games played last season, 9.3 PPR points per game, 52 targets, 35 receptions, 477 receiving yards, and three total touchdowns. I think the targets and receptions go up, but I am just so worried that they're going to run the ball down teams' throats. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be hungry for success, hungry to be like, why did you draft Jordan Love? But he's just going to throw it to Devontae Adams because Devontae Adams probably could have been better potentially than Michael Thomas last year had he have stayed healthy. And when he was not healthy, that's when Alan Lazard kind of emerged. So the next team to talk about here is the Minnesota Vikings and Justin Jefferson, wide receiver out of LSU. Now this is his rookie year. I think he has a great season. Now the worry though is how you play him in each game because it seems like Kirk Cousins really locks into one wide receiver. He hits Adam Thielen 9,000 times in one game. The next game last year, he'd hit Stefan Diggs 9 million times. But now Stefan Diggs is gone to Buffalo. So that means there's some vacated targets for Justin Jefferson. Now in LSU, he played 15 games, won the national championship, 111 receptions on 122 targets, 1,554 receiving yards, 21.50% target share in that offense, and 18 receiving touchdowns. I see no reason why Justin Jefferson can't have a great season this year and be a guy you throw in your flex every once in a while. I think that this situation is great for him. He's in a team that's kind of run heavy, but when they pass, he could be getting the ball, especially if he develops a good connection with Mr. Kirk Cousins. You like that. Now, the next division is the NFC South. We got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Carolina Panthers, the New Orleans Saints, and the Atlanta Falcons. Now, first team here, the Falcons. This one's an easy call. Calvin Ridley, I've been talking about him all offseason long. This guy legit has top 10 potential. Him and Julio could both be inside of the top 10, and I would not bat an eye. Matt Ryan, like I said earlier, this guy has hot seasons, and he has seasons where he's just good. He goes good, then hot, good, then hot, good, then hot, and last year was good, so this year he's going to be hot. I believe in that trend. Wide receiver 27 last year in just 13 games, but he only started in 10 of those games. 93 targets, 63 receptions, 866 receiving yards, 7 total touchdowns, 13th in the NFL. This offense is the most pass-heavy offense in the NFL. Calvin Ridley is going to be seeing targets from one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL in Matt Ryan. I think Calvin Ridley really breaks out. He's going to be seeing a lot of targets. They bring in another tight end that's just like Austin Hooper and Hayden Hurst. I think Calvin Ridley gets a lot more work this season, especially after Sanu left. He was looking pretty good as well. I think Calvin Ridley has a strong breakout year in an Atlanta Falcons offense that is going to bounce back from last season. Now, the next team here is the Carolina Panthers. Now, besides Ian Thomas, there was no one even in question to figure out who's going to break out because DJ Moore already did it, and Christian McCaffrey legitimately whips out his cock and slaps the defense in the face with it every single game. So Ian Thomas is the only option here. Third leg, Greg Olson. Get out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Go somewhere else. Ian Thomas is our starter now. Teddy Bridgewater will check it down to him. He will. Teddy throws without loves to throw the ball to the tight end. Loves to throw it to the guy in front of him because the guy can't throw it deep. He actually can, but he's just not as accurate. But Ian Thomas is going to be the head honcho here. His stats are on the screen, but I don't think they're important to understanding the argument for Ian Thomas. The Panthers offense will look to throw the ball to the tight end. I just believe it. I think Ian Thomas has a good year. He's going to have a breakout year because he's going to go from 100 yards to like 500 yards, but I wouldn't draft him too highly in fantasy football because a lot of people are really going to talk him up when I don't think he deserves that amount of praise. So the next guy here is the Buccaneers running back 
Keyshawn Vaughn out of Vanderbilt. Now, the thing with Keyshawn Vaughn is he could become the starting running back over Rojo a couple of weeks into the season. My only worry is that Mr. Bruce Arians kind of does not like to go with the rookie running backs early in their career, like the first couple of games, he kind of just eases them in, you know? Whereas I think Keyshawn Vaughn, if he was unleashed, would show very much a lot of talent. I think he has a breakout year, his first year in the NFL, because everyone else around him has broken out, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, so he really has the only opportunity here. College stats at Vanderbilt in 2019-12 games, almost 200 rushing attempts, over 1,000 rushing yards, 5.2 yards per carry, 28 receptions on 38 targets, 161 receiving yards, 10 total touchdowns, and 10% target share in that offense. I think he could have a good year. I think he is going a little too high in fantasy football to where I would want to take him, but I think towards the end of the year, we will see him emerge and be that head honcho back and look great, but if Ronald Ronald Jones gets hurt, he could be a top 15 running back. I really believe that. Even top 10 in Tom Brady's Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense. Now, the Saints, they legitimately have no one that can break out. They draft Albert O, I believe. No, they drafted Adam Troutman, I should say. I'm so sorry. They draft him. He could be great in Dynasty for the future. They have all these other wide receivers, but... These, none of those guys are going to break out. You're not going to see one of those wide receivers we were targeting last year just magically blow up like I thought they would. No, it's not going to happen. It's going to be the Michael Thomas show, the Alvin Kamara show. Maybe Latavius Murray blows up if Alvin Kamara gets hurt. But if that doesn't happen, Zitch Zero is going to blow up and have that breakout season for the New Orleans Saints. Now, the final division of the video is the NFC West featuring the 49ers who lost the Super Bowl. Shout out to Jimmy G and himself not being clutch. The Cardinals, as well as the shitty new LA Rams logo and the Seattle Seahawks. First team here is the Cardinals. Now, I honestly thought maybe you could say Christian Kirk breaks out this year. Maybe Andy Isabella. I just don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to be giving it to Kenyon Drake and DeAndre Hopkins, and then Fitz is going to catch the ball, and Christian Kirk. But I don't think any of them are going to really break out. They have Kyler Murray broke out last year, so you can't count him. So I don't think anyone's going to break out this year, but I think the Cardinals team is going to look very good in 2020. Now, next team here is the LA Rams, and they select Cam Akers in the second round. But something important to note is Cam Akers was their first selection in the 2020 draft because they did not have a first-round pick because they sold their first-round picks for the next 30 years for these players to make the Super Bowl and then get spanked by the Patriots. So college stats in 2019 at Florida State, note, He is the only player on Florida State. Everyone around him sucks. His quarterback's not that good. His offensive line sucks. He's the best offensive lineman. He's laying the blocks out. 11 games, 231 rushing attempts, 1,144 rushing yards, 30 receptions on 42 targets, 225 receiving yards, 18 total touchdowns, 9.7% target share in that offense. There is going to be those people that are talking about, oh, Darrell Henderson is going to be splitting with him. That's what Sean McVay said. Oh, blah, 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 blah. That's coach speak, motherfucker. Cameron Akes is going, Cameron Akes, Cameron Akers, I should say, Cam Akers, is going to ball out. You just wait a few weeks. It's going to take a few weeks because they're going to split at the beginning, and they're going to realize, holy shit, Darrell Henderson was drafted in the third round. Cam Akers was drafted in the second round. Cam Akers is much better of a player, so we're going to use Cam Akers better at pass catching, better at running, better at all the things you want for a goddamn running back. I think Cam Akers emerges as the running back one. He demolishes with the LA Rams. The LA Rams are going to look much better this season. Last year, they had a down year after making the Super Bowl. They just fell apart. They were garbage, but it's okay because Cam Akers is going to have a great season in 2020. It will will take a few weeks. It might take till week eight. I think it'll only take four, three, four weeks. But even then, he's going to break out. He's going to get a 1,000 rushing yards. He's going to get these receiving opportunities. I love Cam Akers this year. He's one of my must-draft players 
in the middle rounds of the draft. So I really am going to buy in on Cam Akers this year and buy in on the fact that Darrell Henderson can't hold Cam Akers' jockstrap. So the next player here of the 49ers is Debo Samuel. Now, I don't love Debo Samuel for fantasy, but I think he's going to have a much better season and break out because he's going to get much more opportunity after... After the Emmanuel Sanders trade last year, he became the guy. Before that, it was Emmanuel Sanders. Now it is Debo's season in the 49ers stadium. Now, shout out to Dante Pettis last year, who was everyone's sleeper, and the guy sucked. 15 games played in 2019, 12.5 PPR points per game. But like I said, after week 10, after Emmanuel got shipped off, with three games over 19 PPR points, 84 targets, 5.4 per game, which is going to go up, 57 receptions, 3.8 per game, goes up, 800 receiving yards, goes past 1,000, six touchdowns, probably stays around there, 6 to 10, I would assume for Debo Samuel. This team is run heavy. They have an assortment of backs behind Jimmy Garoppolo because the coaching system there does not believe in Jimmy Garoppolo. You can believe that. They don't fucking believe in him because they would have passed the ball more in the Super Bowl. Instead, they cowered and ran and ended up getting spanked by Pat Mahomes. I think Debo Samuel has a good season. I think a lot of people are going to buy into him as being this amazing running back. Uh, Not running back, I should say wide receiver, but I think he will be great. I just don't think he's going to land up to the expectations that a lot of people see Debo as this season. But a breakout is for sure happening this year for Debo, just strictly off of getting more opportunities. Now, the next guy here on the Seahawks is D-Calf Metcalf, the final person on this video, the final player, wide receiver, out of the Seattle Seahawks. If you guys have enjoyed the video thus far, we're at the final guy. Please click that subscribe button. So wide receiver number 33 last season, which was not that hot in 16 games, 11.6 PPR points per game, 41st at wide receiver, but he had the target total you want. He hit 100. 100 plus targets is what you're going to be looking for. 58 receptions, which I think goes up 900 receiving yards. I think he'd easily hit over 1,000. Seven touchdowns could be above that again. Last season, he really got it going a bit later into the season, but he's going to fucking tear it up this season. The Seahawks are on a revenge tour. They need to win that Super Bowl again before Russell Wilson ends up retiring maybe three, four years from now. DK Metcalf showed that talent. He's the guy from that picture that has no shirt on and is absolutely yoked. AJ Brown's the other guy in that picture. I think DK Metcalf really shows his talent, goes over 1,000 yards, maybe even more targets than I expect, maybe 120 targets. He's going to be great this season. I see no reason why DK DK could not break out, especially on a team like the Seahawks, that they're not super pass-heavy, but when they pass, Russell Wilson is super accurate, and Russell Wilson will get the ball into the hands of DeCalf Metcalf. So thank you guys all for watching this video. If you ended up enjoying, please click that subscribe button that's on me right now or down below in the near the comments. Click that button below as well, the like button. Leave a comment. Click on one of the videos that's on your screen right now. I love each and every single one of you guys. Have a great rest of your day. I'll see you guys tomorrow with yet another banger of a video. Goodbye, friends.